Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program that's designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote Going, Going, Gone, the book about kids departing their faith, the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and everything about the book, too, at revivefamily.com. Today, we revisit a topic we've touched on before, the parenting style called Rules and Consequences or Boundaries and Consequences. The parent who's using this style considers it a good way to produce good behaviors and help their kids make wise decisions, right? But your research, Jeff, tells you otherwise. How does does this concept of boundaries and consequences impact the kids? You know, the bottom line, Jonathan, it's this is a hard topic. This is a topic that I know the second we mention it, the people that are listening, you know, the hair goes up on the back That's of That's how necks. we do it. Right. My yeah. way or the highway. Come on. And it's biblical, right? Old okay. Testament biblical. Right. And and the bottom line is that's been one of the the hardest things for parents, and it was the hardest thing for me to grasp as well. Uh, and I'm going to say something right now at the beginning of this series because we've actually got three programs coming on boundaries and consequences because I want to win you over, and I'm going to start by saying something that is going to make you maybe a little bit frustrated, maybe a little bit mad. Maybe it's going to make you think that I'm completely not biblical, Um, but I'm going to win you over over the next three programs. That's my mission. And what I'm going to tell you is this, is that Eric, my youngest child, has never received a consequence in his life. Let me repeat that. My youngest child has never received a consequence in his life. And that would lead you to assume that he's a wild Indian, completely out of control, doesn't have any sense of responsibility, doesn't help around the house, that he he gets upset, he gets angry. Or the opposite. He's the perfect kid. He's not perfect. But I will tell you this, he is our best behaved kid. He's our most caring kid, our most sensitive kid, our most family-oriented kid. In fact, it wasn't long ago that he took a bunch of treats and a big tin to school for his birthday. And he showed up at home and he said, Dad, I'm really sorry. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, there's no treats left for you. And I know you would have liked to have some. Well, I'm on a diet, so I am actually glad (laughs) they were out because I would have had some otherwise. My willpower, you know, not so good. But the reality is um, this was the story. I left the classroom to get on the bus and there were a lot of treats left, but I saw Mrs. So-and-so the librarian and I gave her one. And then I saw my PE coach and I gave him one. And then I saw a kid that is a friend of mine that's not in my class. And I gave him one. And then I got on the bus and there was the bus driver, Crystal, and I gave her my last treat. There's none left. I'm really sorry, dad. Now this is a kid who just turned 10 Hmm. who's looking at others who's sharing with others and coming home and voluntarily apologizing to me, thinking about my feelings. And he's never received a consequence in his life. You've never established boundaries and said, you must do such and such, or this will be the punishment? Uh, That has not existed in his life. We've had just one rule, which is love. That's been the only one. And when we get to the third section of this series, we're going to look at the biblical arguments for why I believe rules and consequences 
aren't biblical for us today. Mm-hmm. But in this one, we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about how do boundaries and consequences affect our kids, and we're going to talk about what are our kids learning from boundaries and consequences. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest impact on them? You know, the impact that I found has been multitude of impacts. Um, the number one is it creates fear in our kids of us. And that's what concerns me the most because I've talked with so many kids in my research and in my coaching that are deathly afraid of telling their parents the truth because behind that is going to come the reaction, the disappointment, the frustration, and the consequence. And so I see it building a wall between us and our kids where they won't be honest with us, where they're afraid to be honest with us, where I can sit there as their coach and say, I will go with you to share this with your parents. Mm -hmm. And they're so afraid they don't want to do it. You're saying they're fearful of their parents because of the punishment, because of the anger that's coming, because uh, they're going to lose a privilege they've had, something like that? Exactly. And what strikes me with that is, you know, when there's fear, um, what I've found in my life, when I'm fearful, that's when I make my worst decisions. Fear, a great acronym for it, is false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false Mm -hmm. evidence appearing real. And so when our kids fear us, they're oftentimes left alone trying to wrestle with things and make decisions because they're fearful of coming and being honest with us. Mm -hmm. I think some people are saying, don't we have to have some basic rules in the family, though? Um, Behavioral rules, expectations have to be laid out? Bottom line... um, how do we handle that? We handle that not through rules, but we handle it through conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't handle it with frustration and anger, but we handle it with the mindset of training, of helping our kids understand and raising emotionally aware kids. How is this impacting you? How is it impacting your brother? How does it impact the whole family when this happens? Um, a question I asked my son last night, how do you feel about yourself when you bend the truth with your mom? He's feeling a little under the gun. He's been sick a lot this semester, a little bit behind in school, and he, he struggles with feeling successful because of his dyslexia. So when mom says, have you gotten your homework done? It's easy for him to say, yeah, even if he hasn't, because he wants to feel successful. He wants to look positive in her eyes. But I'm walking out here, and he's helping me set up this digital Zoom recorder last night so that we're ready to record today. And I said, so, Paul, question, how do you feel about yourself when you bend the truth? He goes, I don't feel so good about myself. I'm like, well, that's probably true. You don't feel good, but it's probably also the Holy Spirit talking in your heart and telling you that this isn't the best thing. So what do you need to do? Um, And so what we've found is— it's far better than rules and consequences to have these deeper conversations, these more training, teaching, um, perspective conversations with our kids. You've talked to thousands and thousands of kids and young adults, I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands of parents. Aren't there some parents who say, I don't have time for this, this deeper conversation, this is the law, break the law, you're in trouble. Um, There are parents that really want to stick to the boundaries and consequences because they're convinced that they will work. But some of the other effects that I've seen boundaries and consequences have with our kids is that it's not just the fear 
but it's this sense that there's something wrong with them. They keep making mistakes. They keep having consequences issued. That creates pain and frustration for them, not just with their parents, but what I'm finding with themselves. I should be able to stop doing this. Why can't I? What's going on? And they get down on themselves because there's no one digging into the emotional side with them. What's going on on the feelings on the inside that's causing them to behave, react, be defensive, do whatever it is that's going on. And that's where we've really seen the huge benefit of stepping away from the boundaries and consequences. Probably even some labeling coming from parents as well if they have missed the mark a number of consecutive times. Right, right. You know, the tendency of all parents, and I did it early on in my parenting journey too, was to define my daughter as a, as a manipulator, as a, as a liar, because she was hiding things and, 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 um, and being very defensive and reactive to cover up things that she had done wrong. But what I discovered was that was the third effect that we found that boundaries and consequences were having on kids. That's the third effect. The third effect was it made them want to hide things. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get a lecture, if I'm going to get a frustrated response, if I'm going to get my phone taken away or my screen time taken away, or um, if I'm not going to be able to allow able to go to my friend's house because I've made a mistake, well, then I don't want my parents to find out about that mistake. So the motivation is actually to hide things from parents. And that's what really concerns me because what I see that leading to is kids start hiding little things at age six, seven, eight, and then they get into middle school where things get more complicated and more pain can get ished out and they want to feel good about themselves. And so they make some bad decisions and hoping to feel better and they're hiding more and they're hiding more. And what we're finding is actually breeding the dual life in our kids. And that scares me to death because I'm finding 60, 70, 80, 90% of young people, kids today in middle school and high school leading a dual life that their parents don't know about. And you think boundaries and consequences have promoted that lifestyle? I believe it is the Genesis point that once our kids get old enough, they start to go, wait a minute, why should I be honest with mom and dad? doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether I tell them or they find out, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm just going to hide as much of my life from my parents as possible. Mm-hmm. And kids actually tell me that. And aren't the parents thinking, though, we're just trying to keep them on track, trying to keep them out of trouble. Uh, it worked for me. That's what my parents did for me. So that's why they use it. But if they haven't been exposed to leading like the Good Shepherd, they're going to use boundaries and consequences. Well, and bottom line is, you know, when we look at the boundaries and consequences that we believe in so heavily, and trust me, I did as a parent as well. I was really good at boundaries and consequences. The challenge I see is that um, the effect that we believe they're having, they're not a having. And we're going to probably talk about that piece in the next segment. Let's do that. On what the effect is. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, that anything that causes our kids to fear us, anything that causes our kids to want to hide things from us, anything that causes our kids to start believing negative things about themselves is not setting them up to be the fullest, to achieve their full potential in their future. As much as I'd like to say my research concluded that boundaries and consequences worked, 
it forced me to change everything I was doing in my home. And I am grateful for it because my home is so different than all the ones around me. And the parents that come travel to visit with us and stay with us for a few days, walk away every single time saying, your family really is different. They didn't know whether to believe me or not, but when they come and see it for themselves, they're always shocked at the difference. Powerful stuff. You're listening to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. More in a moment. Going, going, gone is a reference to someone departing the faith. Now you see them, now you don't. Going, Going, Gone is a book by researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott that explores the reasons more than 2,000 kids told him their faith was waning. You may not be aware that 70% of the kids raised in the church leave the faith. If you have an 8-year-old, a middle schooler, or a teen, this book is a must-read. Buy the book Going, Going, Gone at revivefamily.com radio. That's revivefamily.com radio. Welcome back to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We're talking about a big, big, big topic. In fact, we're going to spend not only today, but the next couple of programs on this topic as well. Boundaries and consequences. How it affects kids, what kids are learning from boundaries and consequences. And you've talked to thousands, of course, and they're telling you that there is a strong feeling they need to withhold things, keep things from parents because they don't want to suffer the consequences. Exactly they really become fearful. Um, When you sit with a girl in a session and she says this to you, a research session, I know my parents love me, but they don't let me do anything. And I worked with my friends and I got around my parents' rules and restrictions and I got to the parties and I did drink and I have had sex and I have tried drugs, and I have been hurt in the process, and I'm feeling so bad about myself, now I'm cutting. And you sit with that girl and you beg, you literally beg her that you will go, I, I will go with you. I will go with you to your parents, and I will act like Jesus between the, the, the leaders that were going to stone the prostitute and the prostitute, and he steps in between them and doesn't let the stones get cast. I will do that for you. And she's so fearful of her parents, she will not tell any adult besides me. And she walks out of that room alone, stuck in that place. If that's what boundaries and consequences do with our kids, I want nothing to do with them. Is, is part of the kid's reaction that uh, when the law is laid down, you won't do this, you won't do that, you must be owned by such and such a time, that they want to do the opposite sometimes? Um, well, yes, especially in adolescence because of the oppositional <laughs> nature of the adolescent brain. Right. Yeah, yeah. The more we push, the more they push back. The more we tell them what to do, the more they tend to do the opposite. You want to challenge the parent. Right. And say, I am me. I will do what I need to do. Exactly. So that's my main concern as we look at all of this is that the rules and consequences aren't having the effect of changing the kid's life like we would desire. I would argue that they're actually incenting the kids to make really poor decisions of not being honest with their parents, of not bringing situations they're in to their parents. And therefore, they're left alone to make decisions in a time frame in life we don't want them to be alone in making those decisions. Are you advocating, I get a sense that you're advocating that parents designate a time when there can be regular communication. We all get so busy, 
We're busy with work, extracurricular activities, this project at work at weekends, this project at church. There has to be a time when you sit down and really open up and share what's been going on and what you're feeling. But parents often don't take the time to do that. Again, it's a time factor. Well, you know, I, I might respin that a little. I think a lot of parents today actually are trying to do that. Their frustration is that their kids aren't opening up. Their kids won't answer their questions. They get one word answers. Yes, no, I don't know. Good, mm-hmm. bad. You know, they don't get down deep with their kids. And what I've found is that's one of those other impacts of this traditional approach to parenting where the kids begin to distance because they seem to always be falling short and there's something that they're not doing well enough or wrong. They're not meeting the expectations. There are consequences coming their way. And so they get more and more reticent of talking with and sharing with their parents. So their parents can be asking them a ton of questions Mm -hmm. and be getting very little back. Mm -hmm. I can remember some management courses I took over the years. There were times when I was a manager of, uh, say, eight or ten on-air announcers. And there were times when rules were broken. We established ways of doing things. And I found uh, through a couple of management classes that my best impact on someone where I wanted to correct behavior was to just observe what I had heard and say, tell me about that. That worked so much better than you messed up and I'm going to tell you that'll never happen again or you will no longer work here. I, I didn't want to use that kind of threatening style and I'd been encouraged to use that observation. Tell me about it. I think it's a great strategy. I think you know it's something that um, doesn't put people on the defensive. It doesn't make them afraid. If you use the threat of the firing then there's fear. And whenever there's fear, there's a tendency to want to allay that risk. So you make up excuses, you get defensive, you you say things you wouldn't say if you were approached differently when there's a threat and fear comes into the equation, which is what's happening with our kids. Mm-hmm. What I find really fascinating, though, is that I'm not seeing that the kids are learning from the boundaries and consequences. And that's really what troubles me. Because we believe that the boundaries and consequences are going to help them make good decisions, help them move in the right direction, that they will actually learn if they get the consequence and we associate pain with that bad decision or that bad behavior, that they'll learn from it. But that's not what we're seeing. So how do you advocate that uh, parents and kids come together and really open up and have a sharing session? You know, it... It's a challenge. If you've been relying on boundaries and consequences for some time, that takes some steps. And it's part of an implementation process we actually have to help kids begin to see you differently so they're not fearful of you, so they will talk with you. So when you ask those questions, they will answer them. But you know, the troubling piece of all of this is when I talk to the older kids in the research and I talk about the boundaries and consequences and the consequences, what I find from the older kids is they're sitting in their rooms after a consequence really, really upset. They're hurt, and they feel like it's not fair. And they're angry, no doubt, right? Yeah, they're obsessed with the consequence. They're, They're ruminating on the fact that they lost their screen time or their cell phone, and that cuts them off from their friends, and they're thinking to themselves, this is so unfair. 
because no one takes my parents' cell phone away when they hurt me. So why do they get to take my cell phone away? And given what we've talked about in other programs and how this generation views the family and relationship and community and authenticity and fairness, that really consumes them where it didn't consume our generations. And they end up really hurt with it. But what I find in asking them, okay, what did you do wrong? Lots of times they don't even remember. And I ask them, what are they learning from this? And they're not learning anything because they're so focused on the injustice, the fairness, Mm -hmm. the frustration, the argument they had over losing the phone. And the parents are just as frustrated. They're sitting down there. Why does he argue? He knows he was wrong. It's because he doesn't want to lose his phone. Mm -hmm. It's that fear of that threat. And why does he just go to his room and stay there? Right. That's what they do. Parents ask me all the time, why is my kid hiding in my room? I think you just answered the question, Jonathan. They don't want the confrontation. Right. They hate the confrontation. They hate failure just as much as we do. They, let's face it, when we fail, Jonathan, do we want our spouse rubbing that failure in our face? Um, wait a minute. If we don't want that as adults, then why should we think it's going to be effective with our kids? They put a big premium on what's fair. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Huge premium on what's fair, on what's authentic, on the relationship. They're much more relational than our generation, uh, the older generations. Uh, and so as a result, these conflicts that come when, when we try and issue a conflict or a, a consequence literally does damage to the relationship. It didn't with our generation to the degree that it is with this one. Mm-hmm. When the parent observes some behavior that they don't approve of, and there's the temptation to apply the punishment, does it ever work for the parent to say to the kid, so how should we handle this? If you were me, if you were the parent, and you observed what you've just done or haven't done, what should we do going forward? I know that's a strategy that's been recommended by a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not one that we've found particularly effective because oftentimes the kid will decide to issue their own consequence. But what are we teaching them at that point? Um, We're still teaching them that they've done something wrong and when you fail, it's bad. When you fail, something negative should happen to you. And that I wrestle with when you think about the statement that we learn more from our failures than our successes. Why aren't we turning these failures into teaching moments, into learning moments, as opposed to consequence moments? I've found from turning them into teaching and learning moments, my kids learn much more and they end up more mature than the kids around them. Um, my daughter just wrote her first blog for the organization. She's decided now that she wants to come full time with Revive Family, and she's Wonderful. maybe switching her major to psychology. Why does she want to join me? Because she's sitting around a bunch of students, 23-year-olds, that don't manage their lives, and she's their counselor as a freshman mm-hmm. in college. She's counseling seniors because she's that far ahead and she's going, dad, you really did raise us differently. And I am so grateful you didn't do the consequences and that we have this amazing relationship. In fact, she just said this to us the other day, best Friday night ever. You know what her best Friday night was for the semester? What? 
It was the fact that she called when we were getting ready to play apples to apples. And I said, hey, why don't you play too? And she goes, how? I said, over FaceTime. And Eric sat there, our youngest, holding the cards up to the the camera and showing her cards. And we played four rounds of apples to apples. And she had her best night ever. On a Friday night from a secular university, my daughter's playing apples to apples with me. With her family. With her family. Yes. Instead of out hitting the bars with friends. That tells me that maybe what we're doing is working. You're doing it right. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed health care professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support. Parenting is a commission you receive from God when a child comes into your life. You're the guide, the mentor, the teacher who will lead and set an example. That sounds like one of the greatest assignments you could ever be given. And it is an amazing gift, but it comes with serious challenges, problems, and frustrations. Parenting can be the most difficult job there is, because there are kids with ideas that don't sync with yours. There's nonstop advice coming at you from neighbors and family members, and you've tried techniques that are supposed to work but don't. Where do you turn? You turn to revivefamily.com. It's the website created by Jeff Schott, host of Parenting in the 21st Century. RevivedFamily.com has powerful resources that guide you to making better decisions as a parent or someone in the role of a parent, like a grandparent, aunt, uncle, foster parent, guardian, big brother, big sister. You'll find research studies, audio CDs, DVDs, and more, including Jeff's book, Influential Parenting, at RevivedFamily.com.